Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. But omniscience does not need to be several characters. It certainly doesn't have to be all of them. It might be two or three. It might briefly float into the collective thoughts of a whole group of people, but it usually gives more headspace to one main character. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Okay, so you want to use third person to tell your story, but how do you use third person to create the emotional, intellectual, and moral response you want your readers to have? Let's say you're writing in limited third from your main character's point of view. And there are points in the story where other characters do things that your main character doesn't yet know, but need to be explained in order for the reader to understand what's happening. For example, someone's plotting to do some kind of harm to your main character, and this needs to be explained before the main character figures out what's going on. Well, how do you do this in third limited? Or let's say you have two characters in one scene and you're revealing both their thoughts and emotions as they walk and talk, etc. Are you allowed to change point of view in the same chapter? Is this considered to be third-person omniscient point of view? And if it is, isn't this a big no-no? Isn't that head-hopping? And what's the difference between head-hopping and omniscient point of view? Isn't head-hopping basically third-person omniscient? There's so much confusion. So in today's episode, we're going to simplify point of view and dismantle some of the most common misconceptions about third person that are keeping you confused. I'll give you a simple way to craft third person, whether you're writing omniscient, limited, or objective third. If you're doing NaNoWriMo this month, it's really helpful to sort out your point of view before you begin your writing sprint. And if you already have a draft in progress and you're confused about point of view, this episode will give you all you need to know to take full advantage of your third person narrator. 
third person can bring more depth and range to your story if you know how to use it. But here's where writers get confused. Generally, point of view is defined by person. Who's telling the story? Third person omniscient, third person limited, third person objective, third person close, etc. And where writers go wrong is they think that all they need to do to craft a point of view is to identify their story's person. It's no wonder you're confused because the story's person is the one telling the story, but it tells us nothing about the point of view. It misses the mark completely. It's limiting you. But before we get to what the primary purpose of point of view is and how to use it, let's break down third person into its three main categories. Omniscient, limited third, and objective third. With omniscience, the narrator is reporting on the thoughts and feelings of several characters. With limited third, the narrator is reporting on the thoughts and feelings of one character that's usually your protagonist. And with objective third, the narrator stays outside the character's thoughts and feelings and only reports on what they say and what they do. So we have omniscient, limited third, and objective third. Okay, so let's get to it. The primary purpose of point of view is to manipulate the distance between the characters and the reader. And that distance will modulate. It's not static. That's why when you think of point of view as a technical distinction, third person omniscient, third person limited, close third person, etc., you're limiting the range that's available to you in third person. And you're overcomplicating it. Some points of view keep us entirely outside the characters. Some allow us to be simultaneously outside and inside, and others bring us all the way inside the heart and soul of a character. So it's more intimate. But the narrator's distance to the characters is always shifting. Now, most of you are familiar with omniscience and limited third and close third, etc. But what might be new to many of you is the fact that all of these techniques are available to any narrator, whether the narrator uses first, second, or third person. So rather than focus on which person you're writing in, focus on the techniques that manipulate the narrator's distance to the characters. Now, you may be asking, what about keeping the point of view consistent? Because we're often urged to be consistent with point of view. Well, it's generally a bad idea to shift person in your story, to have a first-person narrator suddenly morph into a third-person narrator, for example, or to arbitrarily bounce from one character's head into another character's head. This is head hopping. It's not omniscience. It's not consistent. So it's true that you don't want to switch 
person or arbitrarily head hop or body hop, but the distance between the narrator and the characters is always shifting. It's not static. Here's something my mentor, David Zhao, said. However singular and consistent the person of a story may be, the techniques that truly constitute point of view are inevitably multiple and shifting. Let me repeat that. However singular and consistent the person of a story may be, the techniques that truly constitute point of view are inevitably multiple and shifting. For example, third-person omniscience may be consistently third-person, but it's not consistently omniscient. The narrator is going to shift from omniscience to the objective point of view whenever he deals with a character whose mind he does not enter. Revolutionary Road is a perfect example of omniscience that varies the distance between the narrator and the characters. The author begins the novel in objective third. The narrator reports only on what can be seen and heard. So he's distant to the characters at this point. And then he moves into limited third for most of the novel. He spends most time with the protagonist, Frank Wheeler. Sometimes he moves closer to his interior thoughts. Sometimes he's a little more distant. Sometimes the narrator is objective. He's reporting something that happened before Frank was even born. And then he moves closer into Frank's internal experience. In part two, he devotes one chapter to one supporting character and another chapter to another supporting character. So the narrator is in these characters' heads. So the novel overall is considered omniscient, but whenever he's in any character's head, he's in limited third or close third. But there are times when he's totally outside objective before he moves into a character's thoughts. And there are varying degrees of how closely he gets inside a character's mind. So rather than focus on the person your narrator uses, focus on the narrative techniques that manipulate the narrator's distance to the characters. Okay, let's go deeper. Let's start with omniscience. A big misconception many writers have is the idea that omniscience is all-knowing and truthful, like it's godlike, but that's not what omniscience is. Omniscience is the narrative technique of reporting the thoughts and feelings of at least two characters, and often more. It's not this godlike, all-knowing absolute truth. And when you think about it, all omniscience is limited. I don't know of any novel that goes into the minds of all of its characters, nor would I want to read such a story. Tolstoy's War and Peace is considered omniscient, 
but he stays out of hundreds of more characters' minds than he enters. So it's really still limited omniscience. Revolutionary Road is considered omniscient. It spends the bulk of the novel in its main character, Frank's Wheeler's mind, but it also briefly goes into the minds of other characters. But it doesn't go into the minds of every character in the novel. So don't think of omniscience as this godlike, all-knowing entity. And by the way, omniscience is not just for third-person narrators. First-person narrators can also be omniscient, or they can mimic omniscience. And when they talk about other characters, guess what? They're in third person. But first person is a discussion for another day. The purpose of point of view is to modulate the distance between narrator and characters. And in doing so, you're manipulating the distance and controlling the distance between characters and reader. Now, if you're writing in omniscience, I have a few tips. Number one, don't go into the thoughts of every character. Be intentional, be selective, limit it to a few key characters, and make sure that by doing so, you're reflecting something essential about your main character and or the central theme of your novel. Tip number two, Don't switch mid-scene into another character's thoughts. Don't do this arbitrarily. Don't even do it mid-chapter unless there's a space break to denote a break in time and place. Because otherwise, you're just head-hopping, and that is not omniscience. So if you want to enter the minds of more than one character, great. Just be intentional about it. I like having separate chapters for different characters' points of view, meaning we're privy to their thoughts and how they feel about what's happening. Revolutionary Road is considered omniscient, but the narrator stays mainly in the protagonist's thoughts, limited third, and sometimes he's even in close third, which is more intimate. But he does spend some time in Frank's friend Shep's thoughts. He devotes one chapter to Shep. He devotes another chapter to another neighbor, Helen Givings. And towards the end, he briefly enters Frank's wife April's thoughts. And this comes at a crucial turning point in the novel. But the narrator doesn't enter every character's thoughts, just the characters who are relevant to understanding the main character's plight. So it isn't arbitrary, it's intentional. But whenever the narrator has access to any particular character's thoughts, it's limited third. Tip number three, don't give equal airtime to every character's thoughts. Rather, spend more time in the heart and mind of one main character and less narrative space in other characters. This is the omniscient strategy that Revolutionary Road uses, and it's very effective. So you need to nail who your story is about. For more on that, go listen to episode 93, Whose Story Is It? Episode 93, Whose Story Is It? I'll link in the show notes. 
My last tip to handle more than one character's thoughts is to treat the other character's point of view as subplots. Subplots mirror or contrast with the main plot, but they're lesser plots. They take less narrative space. For more on subplots, go listen to episode 68, How to Use Subplots to Amplify Your Novel. I'll link in the show notes. But omniscience does not need to be several characters. It certainly doesn't have to be all of them. It might be two or three. It might briefly float into the collective thoughts of a whole group of people, but it usually gives more headspace to one main character. Okay, on to limited third. Here, the narrator will report on the thoughts and feelings of one character. We see what he sees, we hear what he hears, but not just what he sees and hears, what he thinks about what he sees and hears. It's his spin on it. We grasp what it means to him. So the reader is aware of your character's spin on everything that happens in the story. So the story is filtered through this character's consciousness. It's subjective. Here's an example from Bernard Malamud's story, The Prison. Though he tried not to think of it, at 29, Tommy Castelli's life was a screaming bore. It wasn't just Rosa or the store they tended for profits and counted in pennies or the unendurably slow hours and endless drivel that went with selling candy, cigarettes, and soda water. It was this sink-in-the-stomach feeling of being trapped in old mistakes, even some he had made before Rosa changed Tony into Tommy. Limited third person, we're getting Tommy's thoughts and feelings about his situation. Okay, on to objective third person. With the objective third person, the narrator doesn't enter the hearts and minds of the characters, only what can be seen and heard. This is the only point of view that remains outside of all the characters. It's similar to watching a stage play. It relies on action, dialogue, and description, but no thought. This is often referred to as the dramatic method. It's the classic show-don't-tell. So the narrator is directly presenting what's happening without commenting. So it's not filtered by the author. The reader is just seeing it. Hemingway typically uses the objective third person. In episode 112, Three Tips to Writing Dynamic Dialogue, we talked about his story, Hills Like White Elephants. So in the story, we eavesdrop on a conversation between a man and a girl while they're waiting for a train, just like we would in real life or while watching a dramatic stage play. The story is mainly dialogue. We intuit what they're thinking and feeling, but we're not privy to their thoughts. We're so distanced from the characters, we only know them as the man and the girl for the entire story. Now, there are two instances at the end where Hemingway 
closes the distance slightly by moving into the man's thoughts. It's subtle and fleeting. He tells us the man looked up the tracks but could not see the train. In this sentence, we're getting something that can't be externally observed, what the man was unable to see. This moves us slightly into his mind and reduces the distance between us and him. And two sentences later, Hemingway takes us even farther inside the character and reduces the distance more. He writes that the man drank an anise at the bar and looked at the people. They were all waiting reasonably for the train. Notice the word reasonably. This moves out of the objective, dramatic point of view, telling us not just that the man didn't see the train, but his opinion about what he does see. They were all waiting reasonably for the train. Now, if Hemingway was maintaining the same objective distance, it would have read, they were all waiting for the train, but reasonably is the man's opinion. It's his take on it. So he varies the distance. Now, it's important to note that whenever a point of view is outside a character's thoughts, it uses the narrator's language, not the character's. Yes, we get the character's language through the dialogue, but the narration itself is not the character's language. It's the narrator's language. So rather than think in terms of omniscient, limited third, or objective third, think of varying the distance between the narrator and the characters. And in doing so, you'll control the reader's distance to the characters. I would pick one main technique. For example, if it's mainly objective, that doesn't mean you don't occasionally go into the thoughts of one character. They were all waiting reasonably for the train. If you're writing in limited third, that doesn't mean you can't sometimes go into the thoughts of other characters. Revolutionary Road stays mainly in Frank Wheeler's thoughts, limited third, but the narrator also briefly goes into the minds of supporting characters. He does this to add more insight into our main characters. And briefly towards the end, he goes into the thoughts of April Wheeler. Sometimes he's more distant from his characters, objective third. Sometimes he's limited third. Other times he's in close third. Sometimes he's objective. The narrator reports on events that happened before the main character was even born. There's one section where the narrator talks about the construction of the building where the main character works. It's relevant to the story, but it's told in objective third. So vary the narrator's distance to your characters. In other words, modulate the narrator's access to your character's thoughts and feelings. Okay, so let's wrap this up. When we think about point of view in our fiction, we should pay attention not only to the person we use, but all the techniques that manipulate our narrator's distance from the characters. Third person is typically divided into omniscient and limited third and objective 
third, depending on whether the narrator reports on the thoughts and feelings of several characters, one character, or none. But this is the important takeaway. These techniques are available to all narrators, whether first or third person. Here are some key takeaways. Number one, omniscience is not all-knowing. It doesn't need to go into every character's head, just more than one. I think it's a good strategy to introduce all of your main characters in the first chapter, even if it's brief. Limit whose heart and soul you'll enter and give more narrative space to one character. Number two, limited third. This goes into the mind and thoughts of one character. This is sometimes too limiting for many of you because you need to get information that your main character doesn't know. So keep it primarily limited and focused on your main character, but don't feel like you have to stay locked into it. You can vary the distance. You can go into the minds of other characters when necessary. An objective third. This is when the narrator stays outside the thoughts of the characters. You can use all of these techniques in your novel. Just choose one main mode to write in. If you remember that manipulating distance is the primary purpose of point of view, you'll write stories and novels that take fuller advantage of the depth and range and the different angles of vision your third person narrator has. So that's all I have for you today. I hope this simplifies third-person narration for you and gives you a better understanding of point of view. I know it can be confusing, but I hope this made it simpler for you. So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.